0: What is going on, guys? This is the first gear podcast where we're going to talk about racing cars, life, and basically whatever else we can come up with. My name is Eric. I'm one of your hosts. I got my other host on a Zoom call here with me. What's up, Tanner? Hey, man. How's it going? Yeah. So this is round two. <laughs> we we had some uh, internet difficulties um, during the first episode, so we had to try. We had to re-record this. That was pretty bad. It sounded like aliens were talking through the phone. So that's never a
1: good thing. No, uh, it was quite comical, but it's definitely not what we want.
0: <laughs> no, not even a little bit. So I'm just going to lead right into it. Um, we're going to break this up into stages, just like they do in the race. Uh, we're huge NASCAR fans. That's what this basically is going to be about. Uh, this is kind of this is the pilot episode. So you guys are going to learn a bit, little bit about us this week, and then we're going to recap the race and talk about a couple other things, and we're going to carry this on for you know, for quite a while. So we decided to stop doing it.
1: Yeah. And I don't think that's going to be anytime soon. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this and I think it's going to go a long ways. I really do too. Yeah, man, I think it's,
0: (laughs) we're not in sync yet. We are just trying to talk over each other. That's funny. (laughs) So like I said, I'm going to break this down real quick into stage one. So
1: Tanner got to go to Charlotte Roble this weekend. So how was that, man? It was a good time. Uh, I, Charlotte's kind of going to turn into like my home away from home here before too long. Hopefully <laughs> sooner rather than later. But no, that was cool. That was uh, my first time getting to see a race there at Charlotte. Um, it was uh, just a production that NASCAR put on with it being like NASCAR's essentially their home race. Yeah. Uh, just get to see all the fans, all the stuff going on out, all the pre-race festivities. They had Nelly there. Nelly put on a good show. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> he did the driver intros, man, and of just the playoffs drivers. That was hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Because I, I don't know if it was planned originally, but I think since he was sticking around, it might have just been like the last minute. Hoorah that they're going to say, Hey, Nelly, why don't you go out there and introduce the drive, the, the playoff drivers and (laughs) man, it was hilarious. I think it was after like the first driver he announced, he was like, come on, damn teleprompter, catch up. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And everybody in the crowd, man, they heard it. Everyone was laughing and then him trying to pronounce the names. It was, it was hilarious. That had to have been comical because some of these guys have got weird names. <laughs> like, uh, and it was funny because after he would say their name and they would finally walk out onto the stage, and he'd be like, "Did I pronounce it right? Did I pronounce it right? Hell yeah, I got it right." <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he's a, actually, he... my uh, favorite intro that he did was Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell come out and he's like, "Damn, these guys are getting young." <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> he said that, man. The whole the crowd just went nuts. It was hilarious. That's amazing. That'd have been a riot.
0: He's it come was. to, I've seen him in concert perform once and it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. I'm not even really like a rap fan or anything like R&B. I don't really get into that kind of stuff that much, but it sounded, it was awesome whenever he came down.
1: Yeah. And uh, where we were sitting at, um, we were, we were like right just before the chicane, right before the fin- start finish line. Mm -hmm. So we were just enough of ways that we couldn't hear like the stage speakers, but we could hear it over the whole racetrack speakers. So there was a little bit of delay. So that kind of it wasn't the greatest, but I mean it still was cool because everybody knows Nelly music. We started playing it. (laughs) He just put on a good show.
0: Oh yeah. I'm convinced that no matter what genre of music you're a fan of, you have heard of at least one of his songs. At least one.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and he's he's been around a long time, so. Yep. But, no, that was cool, man. Uh, I've, I'll give it to NASCAR. They did a really good job of making it a big event for the Charlotte area. I mean, there was That's a awesome. ton of people there. I don't think it wasn't quite a sold-out crowd. But, I mean, stands were full. Uh, the pre-race, like, fan zone stuff down on the track, man, yeah. it was packed there were so many people down there
0: good that's awesome that's good to hear that was going to be my next question actually was how packed were the stands and like what was the turnout and stuff like that because they've had issues getting people into
1: charlotte and some of the mile and a half traditional mile and a half tracks for the past couple of seasons right and i mean it was no talladega crowd because talladega was sold out but um that's no it was, it was a good crowd but the free race stuff where they had they had the stunt bikes um they, they did a little bit of a show. Uh, all the souvenir haulers bank of America had a really big setup. They had the track side live stage going with different drivers, Ford and Chevy and Toyota. They all had giant setups. I mean, there was just a bunch to do a lot of driver interaction. They were at the souvenir trailers and then they did an autograph signing with Jeff Gordon at the Hendrick trailer and dude, that line to get a Jeff Gordon autograph. I mean, it wrapped around like that whole outside parking lot. It was crazy. My
0: crazy ass would have been one of those people. I would have showed up at like whatever time was needed to go get a Jeff Gordon autograph. That was, uh, that was my guy. I grew up a Jeff Gordon, like a diehard. I got upset if he didn't win or if they would have have a bad weekend or whatever. And like from the time that I was four until he retired in 2015, just diehard 24 fan.
1: Oh yeah, well, and there was a lot of diehards there too, and I kind of kicked myself a little bit because uh, my girlfriend and I we were just standing there at the Hendrick trailer. Uh, Kyle Larson was up there, so she had him sign a hat for, her, and she he was the last, <clears throat> she was the last one that he got to sign anything for there, and then he took off, and then they started setting everything up. The Jeff Gordon autograph. Yeah. Well, we were standing right there when they were setting it all up, but there was no sign saying what time Jeff was gonna be there. I'm oh. sure somewhere there was information that said that. But yeah. if I would have known it was gonna be within like the next 10 minutes, we would have literally been the first ones in line. Oh,
0: that sucks.
1: I know. And then when we <laughs> turned around and looked and the line was already halfway around the parking lot and I'm like, dang it, man, we were right there. Oh. But but I mean we still got to walk up uh like the lines to the souvenir trailer. So, I mean, we were within like 10 foot of him. So just for her to get to see him up close like that, that was cool. I've, uh, awesome. I've see Jeff before, so it was cool for her to experience that, but yeah, man, if we were that close to be the first ones in line. It would have been cool, but that's crazy.
0: Dude, I'm one of those people that still carry around like a 24 wallet. That's my daily wallet that I use. Oh and yeah, man. That would have blown my mind if he would have showed up.
1: Yeah, well I just I hope that the drivers nowadays get to be that popular again because like Jeff Gordon couldn't walk down the street without being recognized.
0: Oh no. And that's kind of that's kind of what we talked about a little bit last week too, that nobody will hear. But um yeah, because that episode <laughs> um, that episode that never yeah, happened. Yeah, it did, but it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> right. but he's one of those larger than life. Like, even if you don't follow NASCAR, you know, who Jeff Gordon is, you know, who Dale Earnhardt Jr. Is, you know, who Tony Stewart is, you know, everybody knows who Dale senior is. It doesn't matter if you haven't watched a race in 25 years, you know, who Dale senior is. Right. Like they they need one of those larger than life type characters that can really draw in the crowds again, that you see nothing but 24, eight, three, shirts hats souvenirs
1: and everything they really need one of those guys again right but no it's cool uh it's cool seeing Jeff get out there and interact with the fans still that was really cool and I mean he's he's super personable too like he was up there he was giving fist bumps to kids and he was kind of awesome. he wasn't really having full-on conversations with people because I mean he had like a thousand people to sign stuff for but I mean, he he took the time to acknowledge everybody and it was really cool, man.
0: See, that's the kind of stuff that I really wish that, like Richard Petty used to do that back in the day. And that's how Kelly Yarborough, Benny Benny Parsons is what I was trying to say. Bobby Allison, all those older guys used to do that kind of stuff all the time. And that's how they grew the sport, like from what it was to get 70s, 80s, built it up through the 80s. Darrell Waltrip was another one of those key guys help build it up and I just I think that that's what's missing to be honest with you like as far as them having one of those larger than life characters they need somebody that's going to take the time like the six hours after the race or whatever to go sign autographs go be with the people go do the things, go have conversations, go, you know, make your name known. No, Richard Petty's name didn't get known because he was on TV. It was known in the Southeast for so long because he talked to every person in the Southeast in the seventies and eighties.
1: Right. And I'm, I'm obviously, I'm not in the cup series, so I don't know like what the poster stuff's like for these guys, but I, I do wish that you would see the big names like, like the Kyle bushes and the, Chase Elliott's and the Kyle Larson's and all them guys. It'd be cool to see them like come outside of the track to mm-hmm. interact with fans again. But like I said, I'm not, I'm not a driver in the cup series. So I don't know what post race life is like really. Yeah. Maybe things have changed where they just have other obligations that they have to take care of right away. I don't know, but Definitely. it would be cool to see that come back. That'd
0: be awesome. That's something that monster jam, like if, I don't know if anybody listening watches monster trucks at all, but, those guys to this day, like after every rally, they go and sign autographs afterwards. They give you, they usually, they used to give you this little booklet that you carry around with you, like the, um, just that showed you all the trucks what their names, were, the teams and stuff, yeah. and then you bring it with you later on and they would go and sign it for you. And that was really cool. I've met Tom Mintz like four or five times because of that. And Dennis Anderson and some of the bigger names that are monster truck drivers, just because they were available. And that turned me into, I still watch it. I love it. I'm still like a lifelong fan because of those interactions.
1: Yeah. And I did with as much as NASCAR is doing with all the different, obviously this new car and these different configurations and these different style races, they are really trying hard to grow the sport, but I think getting the drivers more interactive with, the fans is going to grow it faster than all these different racetracks and new cars oh, and yeah. stuff like. That.
0: Well, I've talked about it to like an actual driver before. I'm not going to mention names just because I don't want to throw people out like that. But um, we were talking at a local race here in Peevely, and I have a I manage social media as part of my job for two multi million dollar companies every single day. And go and talk to like through DMs, through comments, through messaging, through all the things on Instagram and social media. Like, literally 200 people a day is just part of what I do on a daily basis. And I think it would be super beneficial if some of these guys could go like manage their own Instagram channels. Like, whenever you comment on one of their posts, they at least like it or give you a thumbs up back or something, just a little thing that shows that they're acknowledging that you exist so that you feel appreciated. And I think that would take the sport really to the next level. Like if they did that on a wide scale, like every team, every track, everything that's affiliated with NASCAR all did that. And then they all would individually reach out to fans, go search a hashtag and go like and comment on 10 different posts once a day. So all you got to do is reach out 10 people once a day. That's 5,200 people a year. If you do it seven days a week, that would have never heard of you before. So I think that that would just change the game. Like they would be the most popular thing in the world if they tried to do that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think it would be very doable. Um, I, but yeah, it's definitely something that's missing and I would like to see it come back and the social media thing, that is something that's kind of bothered me for a long time (laughs) because you see the guys, um, you see some of the Bayer names in the cup series like they just it's like their social media accounts are robots mm-hmm. like 100% just, just a quick picture or like a collage of pictures with a real basic caption. Yep. And but I will give props to Noah Gregson. He does a really good job. I've actually had several interactions with Noah just commenting on some of his posts and like yeah. he comments back, which is super cool.
0: Yeah, it's just little things like that that would really propel it to the next level. Because if could you imagine if every crew member, everybody that's affiliated, everybody that's working for the speedways, everybody that's working for corporate, all the people got on and they all would reach out to 10 people a day just through NASCAR NASCAR hashtags and just like comment on their post with they were at the track. I do this on my own personal page and I've been doing it on the first gear page for the past two days, I go to Charlotte Motor Speedway, go to the most recent posts, and I will go and comment on those posts because I truly hope that they had a good time at the track because I care. And that injecting care into the sport on a wide basis like that would just change it completely. You would have so many fans that they'd be turning people away like they used to at Bristol back in the 90s and early 2000s.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's something I try to do with my personal accounts too, is I I obviously I follow some different hashtags. I try and go to the explore page and comment on different stuff. I try yeah. to comment and like, and just engage a little bit with stuff in the racing community. Just that's what you have to do because social media is where all sports, it's where everything's going.
0: Oh, hundred percent. And it's where it's a, what I used to, what did I used to call it? It was a virtual handshake is what I call it. Um, if you take the time to DM somebody back, if you take the time to do that kind of stuff and just interact with these people, it's like what Richard Petty and those guys used to do back in the day when they physically just did it at the track. You're just doing it virtually. You're just showing them that you care through social media instead of them actually being at the track, of you guys meeting together. But if they did both, that'd be even better, <laughs> but at least this would be a start.
1: Oh yeah. Well, and I mean, it's just with how crazy social media is anymore, Like that is the quickest way to interact with fans. Yeah. It's also like
0: you literally have millions of potential people at your fingertips. It's not a joke. It's not, I'm not making it up. They're literally at your fingertips. You just have to go do the work and go do the thing. And that's kind of what, uh, I think his name is Brett Griffin on door bumper clear alluded to this week is that they just need to inject care back into the sport. From the top down. And it sounds like that it's not just, you know, how we feel as fans. It's how they feel, too, because he's a spotter for he's been a spotter for 20 some odd years. And he just feels like super underappreciated for what he's done and what he's given to the sport and being gone every weekend. They're gone 40 weeks a year. And he made a comment this week about uh, Rodney Childers not getting any credit whatsoever for 600 starts as a crew chief in the Cup Series. That's freaking insane that's there's 36 races a year. So you guys do the math. That's a lot of freaking years. That's a long time doing that. And he didn't get acknowledged on TV or like no officials walked by and shook his hand, anything like that. It was just, you know, I'm kind of here doing the thing. Nobody cares. Like that's how they feel. And that's how some of the fans feel as well. Whenever you don't interact with them on the media pages is they feel like you don't care. So they disengage and then they slowly just lose interest in it is what I feel like is happening. So you'll get fans for six months. Then you got to work your ass off to get more fans six months later to keep replenishing the cycle because you're not doing anything with the people you have.
1: Right. And we're not saying all the drivers don't do a good job of that, but there definitely is some that could interact more. But nowadays with social media stuff, like if somebody's favorite driver like responds to them, in a comment or DMs them back, or even likes their comment, people will go nuts over that. Oh yeah. Like
0: if I was, so I, I've used this analogy before. If I was 12 years old, again, following (laughs) racing diehard Jeff Gordon fan. And if anybody from even the freaking crew, like if I saw in his bio that he was from the 24 crew had like liked or commented on one of my racing posts or something, I would have literally shit my pants. Just. Just done that because somebody took the time to do that. And I'd have ran up out of my room into my parents' room and been like, oh,
1: my God, look at this.
0: So and so commented on my post. I'd be telling everybody because they'd be that excited about it. And that's not a joke. You can ask my parents if I'd have been that excited. Yes, I would have crapped my pants and ran, ran and tell them immediately. Because Joe, from, Joe, the right front tire changer from the 24 car, commented on my post. That had
1: been awesome. Yeah, and I mean, I still I still get giddy that way if I see uh, like I've had some of my dirt cars posted on like different like dirt cars of Instagram or something like that, just different accounts. They've like posted pictures of my cars, and I was like, man, that's awesome. They're sharing my stuff, and then seeing that post blow up or something. That's just it's really cool, man.
0: Yeah, and that actually. So this whole conversation is what I was going to be stage two, uh, just ejecting more care into the sport from top to bottom. is what I wanted to talk about. And like, I really hope that somebody from headquarters or something hears this as, you know, you're in it, you're doing the thing, you're racing, you're a fan of the sport have been for your entire life. I've just been a diehard fan my entire life. These are things that they could do now. It's not like it takes any crazy implementation to do this kind of stuff. It's just simple, tangible daily tasks that you implement. Your people to do, and coming from a company that used to do it, it's not that hard to do. You sit everybody down in a meeting, like Monday morning or whatever. Tell them, "Hey guys, this is the plan. If you participate, that would be awesome." And if you get half the people involved, if fifty people are making ten, you know, comments a day and just engaging with the fans, it's five thousand things that are interactions that are happening in one day. Boom! You've just changed the whole game, right there. That's all you got to do.
1: And with having the access at your fingertips i mean you literally could start tomorrow yeah by the end of the week you could already be making a difference
0: oh 100 percent. because people would catch on they'd be like oh my god they're actually commenting that's one of the biggest things that i see whenever i look at and i'm just going to call them out nascar and fox or nascar and nbc or even the nascar page itself is that fans have gotten frustrated because they never get a response back to any question. Doesn't matter if it's good, bad, in between, whatever or just a thumbs up. Like they don't get any response back and they're like, "Oh, okay. I'm just going to comment at NASCAR NBC and see if they even respond." And then they don't. The fans will actually just call them out on the spot. And nobody says anything. And I'm like, "What are you doing? Are you even checking this stuff? Do you even know like what the hell? You've got people literally beating down the door." that want to talk to you and you just shut them out. Like, that's not cool. And not like you said earlier, not all the drivers, not everybody is like this, but if they implemented something like that as a whole, and just showed the fan base that they care,
1: the fan base would react very, very, very positively. Right. And not only would the sport grow, but social media one-on-one, when you interact with fans by commenting on their stuff that creates engagement and that makes your post grow. So, instead of getting, like, 20,000 likes on it, you could be getting, like, 100,000 likes on it.
0: So, yeah, man, that's, we we completely, like, we're on the same mindset when it comes to this whole conversation, obviously. (laughs) So.
1: Well, and you got, with your prior experience and previous experience, I guess, um, with the social media stuff you know how the algorithms work and you know how engagement is driven and stuff like that. And it's just simple things, man, that can make not only their personal brands grow, but the sport as a whole.
0: Oh, hundred percent. And it's something where we've, we've gotten firsthand. So we've both worked or been affiliated with a company that cares a lot about their people, about everybody that uses the products and, you know, just the whole nine yards from top to bottom care is the number one priority. And it it's called First Form. Um, this is not an advertisement for them at all. This is just where I used to work and what Tanner was affiliated with for a while and still is. Um, they their CEO puts that into their brains the day that you start. So, whenever you start, you go through like learning what the company's about and everything like that. And I really think that that mindset and that that way of thinking needs to be set into. The whole NASCAR organization, all the teams, everything as a whole. And one place I can say from hearing Brett Griffin talk um, on Door Bumper Clear is college racing seems like it's like that. If you talk to anybody about college racing, they, the first word that they say is family and that it seems like everybody in that building cares about one another. Junior Motorsports is another one. And that mindset needs to become the the standard for NASCAR as a sport.
1: Yeah, and it's not only going to grow the sport as a whole, like we've been saying, but even with like the sponsorship stuff, because sponsorship is getting very, very, very hard uh-huh. to obtain, especially for the millions and millions of dollars that it requires to go like racing in the Cup Series and be competitive. Like, if you have a very solid, like social media program, I guess for lack of a better term. Right. Um, <laughs> it's only going to help you down the road attracting the companies because honestly in this day and age having a rock solid social media platform is almost more important than being able to drive a race car yeah
0: and it's all about that coin that you can bring with you if you don't have sponsorship if you don't have a big following if you don't have this whole thing you could literally not know how to drive a race car i'm convinced of this and get sit get put in a seat with you know, zero experience in the Xfinity series. If you can draw a big company, like if you have two to three million followers on TikTok or, you know, Instagram, YouTube, the combination of all of the above, you'll attract people because they want you. And this is from, you know, somebody that like I dig through YouTube every day looking for potential sponsorships for people for FAST and people that I think are I influential think- that are good human beings to you know, we can send a, system to, and that they'll do a video about it and that enough people will see it, that it makes a difference and everything like that. That same concept could be used for getting drivers in seats.
1: Yeah. And what you're saying along with that too, is the sponsors will start reaching out to you instead of you having to reach out to them.
0: Exactly. And that was the whole point of that was that you'll wind up getting good great sponsorships like if you start moving up through prove you have talent driving or whatever more people will be attracted to you because you do have like a jeff gordon size following just not in nascar yet you've got it on your own and you're bringing it to the sport and adding a valuable asset to it and people will just throw money at you for that kind of stuff it's amazing there are people that are social media influencers that i know that Literally, all they do is social media stuff and then they do like a part time job and that's it. And they get hand over fist, like Yukon gear and axles thrown at them, our systems, anything that they want for their truck build. They basically get because the people know that you're going to, you know, expose them to enough of your fans that if they sell one or two Yukon gear axles or fast fuel systems or whatever it is, that it's going to make up the difference. And it's it's a, you know, it's a win at that point.
1: Yeah. And that's just the day and age that we're living in. Social media is what the world is revolving around.
0: Oh, hundred percent. It is key King and it is the benefacto to everything right now. If you're good at it, you can make a lot of freaking money today doing it. Yep. And the best part is it's not going anywhere. It's just going to keep getting bigger. Oh yeah. They'll figure out that it's just what's next. Uh, we talk about this at work a lot. Uh, TikTok was next three years ago and now it's the big thing. Now everybody's on it now. Freaking government is reaching out to like the social media influencers to tell people what they want them to tell them. Like it's that big now. And the crazy thing is, is that there's no, since there's not a lot of paid advertising on it, you don't have like if you just consistently post, like what I do, all I do is post old NASCAR videos. I don't try to do anything special on TikTok. I just try to stay consistent. I've had 13, what is it, 13 or 15,000 people like my posts for no reason. I don't pay any money. The algorithm is just like wide open for content creators right now on that platform. So if you're engaging, if you're, you know, talented on camera or anything like that right now, that is the place to go to get a good name out. And if you're after sponsorships, like just do it yourself. It's not that hard. There's a whole editing software thing inside the app that you don't have to be, you know, editing oriented or have a lot of Experience in that to be able to do it super simple and if you're a race car driver listening to this right now you need to get on that platform and go do it every day consistently i'm talking seven days a week doesn't matter what time of day you do it just do it and then exit out of it completely swipe up out of the app and let it do the work for you for 24 hours clock back in engage with the people that have commented on your post which is what i'm gonna do after we're done talking here and it just makes the post go crazy that's the thing that we have figured out um, from just messing
1: with it at work right and that's one of the first things that they teach everybody at first form well i didn't work there so i don't know exactly but (laughs) i have a good idea that they do but when they start teaching about social media they tell you the 30 60 90 rule Mm -hmm. if you're consistent for 30 60 90 days and if you're consistent the whole time it is going to be night and day different
0: Oh 100%. This could go on like this conversation could oh, yeah. go on all night cuz I it's what I do for a living, man. I'm really really good and that's just not me trying to be arrogant. I am really good at social media and I'm really good at building a brand and a following and certain things for whatever you want to do. I can figure it out. Um let's go into So, our, I don't really have anything to add to that though. Like we've kind of beat that horse to death and I just hope that somebody at NASCAR listens and decides to do it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's a lot of potential there.
0: Oh, 100%. So this weekend, uh, part of what we'll do every single week, since this is the first episode, I'm just kind of introducing people to what we'll be doing. We'll have like an open segment like that. And then what we're going to do is recap the race. Um, The races every single week, just go over who won, what we think, what happened. And I'm going to start with AJ going four for four at the Roval in the Xfinity Series, which is in any sport to win four things, whatever it is in a row, incredibly hard to do. The fact that there's so many variables also that go into road courses, that the fact that he has won four times in a row is just immensely impressive. Like I can't even just from being a fan, watching the sport, knowing how it works, everything like that, to win four times in a row, not have anything go wrong. Perfect pit stops, all the things,
1: right strategy four years in a row is freaking cool. He is undefeated at that configuration of that racetrack <laughs> perfectly said <laughs> that doesn't happen
0: <laughs> no usually something happens like some ding dong runs you into the wall pit crew messes up like it's usually some variable takes you out of contention to win there's only a handful of drivers that have ever won four races in a row
1: at any track it, it, it anywhere like it just
0: doesn't happen
1: yeah, it's a very incredible feat by A.J. Allmendinger. But A.J.'s one of the few that can do it. That yeah. guy is incredible when it comes to road courses. And he's not even up front half the time for the whole race. But he knows how to be there at the end when it counts.
0: Yeah, and he's there enough that it's just like what they say on TV all the time. You, If you're there enough, you'll win some races because stuff will happen. Stuff will happen to the people in front of you, bad pit stop. You know, tire rub, like something will happen and take those guys out in front of you. If you're in contention, you know, enough weeks in a row,
1: you're bound to win a race. Just it's just what happens. Yeah, that's just the name of the game. But it's very impressive. And that's just nothing but momentum for AJ going into next year.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, plus this season, he's the front runner in my mind. He's the front runner for winning the whole dang thing this year. Like you got to go through AJ and Pauly Racing.
1: Right, and that was what I was just going to say is like not only is he building momentum going into 2023, but they were, everyone was talking that Noah Gregson was the favorite for the championship in Xfinity this year, but AJ's got momentum going now. Yeah, 100%. He's well, plus, there.
0: Well, dude, between the two, I'm taking AJ just for from a consistency standpoint. Yeah, Noah's won, what, five or six races, but he's also had quite a few weeks during this whole year that like, he's just not there or they have a bad run. Like something happens and AJ has just been, I don't know how many top tens. I feel like he's in the top 10 every single week at minimum. Like if they have a bad week, he gets seventh.
1: Right. No, he, uh but I think a lot of that is some of his prior experience, but he's just that good of a racer. I mean, he just, he has the knowledge of it. He knows what to do. He knows how to be aggressive when to tone it down. Uh, He just, he's very impressive. Yeah. And he's had to fight back. So if you're not like
0: a long fan of the sport, he got kicked out in 2014 or 15, somewhere around there a long time ago for uh, substance abuse. And I'm not talking anything hard. I think he just smoked weed, but like, it was still something that he got booted out of the sport for, had to go through this whole program to get back in. Then he just started part-time, I think, in 2020. And all of a sudden, he's winning five races a year in the Xfinity Series, and he's just kicking ass. Like That's just impressive.
1: Now, and on top of that, my favorite part about AJ is just how much excitement he has every single race he wins. He can win yes. every race <laughs> the year, and he is as pumped as the first one.
0: Oh, 100%. Because you never know. He looks at it as it, just from like post-race interview he had he looks at it as like you never know when the last one is going to be so you better enjoy the wins while you get them because you never know what's going to happen
1: right well and that's kind of the mentality you got to have no matter what it not even just racing just anything that you're doing man you never know when it's going to be your last one so you got to enjoy the moment when you got it
0: oh yeah 100 percent so you got to go to, and we kind of talked about earlier, you got to go to the cup race, which is pretty freaking cool. How was the racing this weekend? Like if you had to give it a grade, how do you think it was?
1: So are you wanting to grade of the whole race or the last five laps?
0: Whole oh, race. <laughs> last we, Anytime there's a light race caution, it doesn't matter. And this is just the nature of the sport now. Those guys don't have, um, I'm not going to say they don't have respect. They just don't race the same anymore like what they used to it never used to be with five laps to go. If there was a caution, there would be seven more cautions. It was, all right, we got five laps to go. We're going to race clean. We're going to get through this. Somebody's going to win. And there would maybe be another caution. Now, dude, it's like guns blazing. They're all just driving like crackheads. I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's just crazy. They'll run each other over out of the way, whatever they got to do to move up.
1: Yeah. And so on like a scale of one to 10, I would, probably give that race like a probably a six point five
0: because
1: because maybe it's just the inner race fan in me that I don't care I just love watching racing but yeah it just it was green flag it was almost a green to check a race man and when them cars spread out like that there was no passing all day it oh, just no. I don't know I don't know. If it's a I think I just think there's too many things that need to be adjusted and tweaked on this next gen car to make these races more competitive. Cause I mean they, they were it was pretty much single file like the whole race. And like the only the only passing was like going into the chicanes on the back stretch and the front stretch and that was, was about it but these guys they can also with this incredible brake system on these next gen cars they can drive so much deeper into the corner than yeah. before that it like it takes the outbreaking somebody advantage away like mm-hmm. cuz where our seats were we were sitting like right by the front stretch chicane just a little bit before it yeah. kind of in between the chicane and the pit road entrance we were kind of right in between there um, and Joey Logano led, like, he led the whole first stage, green to checker. <laughs> and watching him come into the chicane, like, it almost seemed like he didn't even downshift until he was there. That's crazy. Like, they can drive in so deep compared to the last card where, I mean, they had to, there was a breaking advantage, and it just it didn't seem like that was there at all.
0: That's one of the things that, like, whenever they first brought this car out earlier this season when they went to, I forget which road course is first. I think it's, um, Coda or something like it used to be Sonoma. I used to know they were just back to back, but I think it's Coda or something like that now, but they couldn't get runs on each other. They were, it's just like, it was kind of like the way that we have seen with the short track race. They, they drive so deep into the turns. They just can't get runs on each other. They downshift They, they can do whatever they need to do to get a run. and, or to block a run and they just can't drive past each other. Like what they used to, the tire doesn't fall off. They're not making enough horsepower for these tracks. In my opinion, Uh 670 at a road course for the setup that they have. Now they have more tire and they have a wider car. They have a much better car for road course racing, but yet they have 200 horsepower less than what they did, you know, back in 2014, 15, stuff like that, put the power back in the car, let them burn the tires off. And it turns into a fun, slick race after that. And it actually takes like, it it actually, you know, makes them hone in on their skills and what they need to do. If you need to save, hold back a little bit, you know, you have your comers and goers that way, you have people falling back so that they don't burn their tires up. Then they come blazing through the field 30 laps later, like makes for exciting racing that way. And they never got too strung out. I don't feel like back in the day, or at least maybe I just loved it so much that even if they were, I didn't notice
1: Yeah, and from my understanding there really wasn't much tire fall off, if any at all. I think the only issue they're running into is the tires were getting really hot. But Mm -hmm. no tire fall off and this car handles so incredibly well that it just everyone's almost equal. And it just because once they spread out, I mean they pretty much kept the same gap in between each car. Yeah pretty much the whole duration of the race. And it just, I don't know, man, I've, I enjoyed it. I just, I love racing. So getting, just getting to watch a cup race, man, it's super cool. Oh yeah. The racing definitely could have been a lot better.
0: They've already talked about too. Some of the changes they're going to make to this car for next season. I'm excited to see it because once you give these guys some time to test and tune on the cars, the racing is going to get so much better. And this is such a great platform overall. I know that everybody keeps like harping on it and stuff like that, but you know, they brought a really good template into the season for racing and it's worked some places. It really has not worked at some places and it's kind of meh at some other tracks and doing a little bit of testing, tuning, getting input from the teams, making some changes to the cars. Like it'll get a lot better. And to go back to like that final five laps. What was crazy was a freaking sign brought out that caution, like a sign fell off somewhere and ended up in the middle of the racetrack somehow. I don't know how that happens, but that was crazy. And it changes the whole outcome of the race. And it also changed who got in and out of the playoffs, which is pretty
1: wild too. Yep. That piece of cardboard took the defending NASCAR cup series champion out of the playoffs yet. He did make a mistake. He did tag the wall and it, broke the toe link and it took him a little longer on pit road to get it fixed. But yep. at the time, since it was just green to checker, they didn't know if there was going to be a caution or not. He was in the good on points. So yes, they were hurrying to try and get the car fixed, but they weren't, I guess probably hindsight 2020, 20, they would have been a lot more sense of urgency with it, but they just, they didn't know. And inevitably man that that ended his chance to defend his title
0: that's crazy that he's also not done he hasn't dominated this year though either like he's had he's finished in the top 10 i feel like more than anybody else but they just haven't like they haven't had that race winning speed this season i think he's won what two races this year yeah Yeah. compared to 10 that's quite a fall off
1: (laughs) yeah and it's not that they haven't had the speed but they also had those several DNFs. I think he had a couple engines break on him, and just yeah, a lot of things did not go their way. Which, which would be tough because after coming off a season like that, you have super super high standards for yourself and your team. And then when you're not living up to that, I can see where that makes it very very tough. But I see them, I see them uh, making a really good run to the end of the season this year. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be dangerous next year.
0: Yeah, I do too. Because now he's next year, I think he's going to be driving mad. Like, for lack of a better term, they're just going to be driving pissed off the entire season, go out and win everything, dominate, just destroy the competition. And he's got the talent to do it, is the crazy thing. They did once they figure out this car, do a couple of things, get them up front, give them more shots at it. Like,
1: I, I see him winning five to eight again next year, something like that. Oh yeah, well, and I mean, you see how well of a year that Chase Elliott's had, and mm-hmm. they're starting to figure this car out. Well, they're on the same team, so yeah. I mean that information is going to float around, and and then with a the few minor tweaks to this car and just getting things figured out, I think next year he could be very dangerous. That, and I am a huge fan of his crew chief Cliff Daniels. I think that guy is like a super genius facts
0: yes his story on he was on uh the dell junior download and he had a whole two and a half three hour episode that i listened to and the man he's just a man like that is the next chad canals that is the next ray Evernham. he's going to be one of those guys that sticks around long enough they'll win more championships together like that's almost inevitable with the talent the team, the crew chief, the pit crew that they always have, like all the variables are already there set in place. They just got to go make it happen and they'll be fine.
1: Oh yeah. And I mean, that's just listening to his demeanor throughout the whole race. I mean, he is just, he's all gas, no brakes, man. I mean, he <laughs> is, just, he's going for it. but um, I have the NASCAR app on my phone. So like during, during the cup races, I like listening to their, Kyle Larson's radio scanner just because I like hearing how Cliff does his strategies going into the races. And I mean, I can't remember what playoff race it was. I think it was, I want to say it was Texas that he ended up finishing like eighth, I think. And right away, right after he crossed the checkered, <clears throat> the finish line took checkered flag at the end of the race. Um, They obviously got playoff points because he, Finished in the top ten, but mm-hmm. immediately Cliff Daniels was like, "We just finished eighth place with a second placed car. We have to do better." And then it was radio silence. Wow, that's wild. That sounds like, uh, but I mean, that's that's a championship winning crew chief. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And that's yeah. what it, it takes a lot out of everybody. And I know they had some pit road issues, and I think Kyle made some issues driving. But I mean, he just Point blank, just straight shooter, man. He just said, we finished eighth place with a second-place car. We have to do better. And he's not wrong, because the thing, they had
0: a potential race winner there at Texas. They just couldn't get their shit together the entire day and kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and ended up eighth.
1: Yeah, but that's that stuff like that is what makes me a big fan of Cliff Daniels, and I, I aspire to have a crew chief like that in my life. Whenever I get to the next level of race, and just because I know with my mentality, I know we would mesh very well. Oh and, yeah. I mean, you just the opportunities are unlimited at that point.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. And you're always gonna be like everybody for a long time gave a lot of grief to Chad and Jimmy Johnson because they were like, Oh my god, they're fighting on the radio, they're gonna break up, blah, 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 blah. No, they just expect. A very, very high level of competition out of each other. And the second that that stops, they might as well just quit. Like, you might as well stop racing. If you don't expect to go out and win or do 110% every single week, it just ain't going to work. Like, you can't do that.
1: Oh, yeah, man. I just, I think them, I think those two are going to be a power couple going forward. They're just, I think they're going to accomplish a lot of really good things.
0: Oh, yeah, 100% that's going to be one of those dynasty teams. I have a feeling I think that that's going to be something. Yeah, this year could have been a lot better. It also could have been a lot worse if they hadn't come back in half the races that they did and did as well as they could as well as they did. So, like, I'm just excited to see what they do next season. And I'm happy for Christopher Bell, who now has a shot at the round of eight because he went and won this weekend. That was pretty that was pretty neat. He's a good race car driver and I like watching him. He's good. He's a good kid
1: yeah christopher's awesome man and i've always i've been a fan of christopher too because uh like the first time i raced the chili bowl i would uh so like when i was younger i used to race go-karts when they had the go-karts at the tulsa shootout yeah so like i'd already had a lot of laps on the track and i knew kind of what to expect but i would sit on youtube and just watch like in-car cameras from the chili bowl and (laughs) i just i loved watching Christopher's because he is so incredibly smooth mm-hmm. uh, just his throttle control just the way he sets his corners up it is just insane how smooth he is that's
0: something that a lot of people say that's like the first thing they say it just smooth smooth as silk whenever he's driving doesn't abuse the equipment doesn't excuse me overdrive anything that often doesn't push too hard he pushes it exactly as hard as it needs to go That's why he's in that 20 car because he's just that good. We just have yet to see the greatness of him. Once they get that team, you know, back together, like once they get him like a solid pit crew and they stop making mistakes, he's going to be somebody to contend with like the next 10 years.
1: Oh yeah. And he's been a closer now twice this year. He showed up and made it happen when he had to make it happen. So yeah, he is a, he's a very good talent, but like I said, so anybody listening to this go watch uh some of his in-car cameras from the chili bowl and you'll know what i'm talking about I mean, it's just crazy how smooth he is i mean there is like no there's no like just romping on the throttle or nothing just everything he just rolls in and out of the throttle and his corners are so smooth it's just incredible man
0: it's it's almost like I don't even know how to say this. It's almost relaxing to watch. Like, I know he's driving a race car, but it's almost so smooth that it's relaxing to watch. If you know what you're like, if you know what you're looking at and everything and are paying attention, stuff like that, it's something that you'll like, you just get a sense of relaxation out of, for like yeah, a better term. Well, Cause you're just sitting there like, man, that's
1: better than yeah. I drive my daily driver. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll, he'll throw those aggressive moves when he has to, but even when he throws that aggressive move, Everything about it is just smooth as butter. It's crazy. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: One of my favorite races he won
0: um was at Eldora in the trucks. And whenever he had to outdrive, I think it was Kyle, actually. Kyle Larson was overdriving the corners and just hitting the wall every other, you know, ruining the front fenders on that truck. He was just driving the hell out of that thing. And Christopher Bell was three inches off the wall there with him the entire time. Just smooth, running the same lap time. Just lap after lap after lap. They did this for 15, 20 laps. I just remember that. And Bell ended up winning the race because Kyle just couldn't hold it together for whatever reason. He was just, like, kamikazing himself into the wall trying to do video game shit and just all over the place, like, trying to get past him and win the race. It was crazy. But that just yeah. goes...
1: And Kyle, he's really smooth, too, but he just... He can be over-aggressive. Oh, yeah. that That's cost him a lot of wins. I think that's why it took him so long to win the Chili Bowl, because he was too aggressive too early, and he would just he would spin out or just have something crazy happen just because he was too aggressive. But, I mean, obviously, as he matured, as he got older and matured as a driver, he just he's gotten a lot smoother. But he still has those moments that he can get too aggressive, and it can cost him big time. Oh, 100%.
0: Yeah. And it's always – it seems to be in bigger moments, too. I know that he had something like that happen that knocked him out of the playoffs and I think it was 2014. Well, he got run over, which didn't help. But he also was overdriving the corners, and Newman ended up catching him and bumping him out of the way and, you know, making it to the Final Four that year. Didn't do anything with it, but he made it to the Final Four. But I just think that was crazy. Um, Dude, we're – coming up we got like 10 minutes left i want to get into this if you don't mind um this is what we're going to call stage three which is going to be this week's picks and talking about the future week so we got las vegas coming up this weekend uh mile and a half track there's going to be tire. hopefully there's going to be some tire fall off it's going to be some good racing the mile and a half tracks have been fun this year with this next gen car because they can carry so much corner speed um who do you got winning the xfinity races this, this week
1: um, I think, I think I'm going to go with AJ just because I think he's got so much momentum going on and knowing that he's got his plans for next year figured out, yeah. like he's got something to prove. He wants to win this championship going into the cup series next year. I think, I think AJ is going to be really tough the rest of the year.
0: He could, it like, just because he's that good, he could win out the rest of the season legitimately just like sweep the rest of the year he's that good but I'm going to go with a guy that always does good at these bound half tracks with you know slick tire fall off things like that Justin Allgaier I think he's going to be hard to contend with this weekend junior motorsports has been fast all season I think that him uh, Noah Gregson Josh Barry I think all three of those guys are going to be in the top five at minimum this weekend with Justin winning. I think AJ is going to be up there as always, but I just got him winning because he's good at conserving his stuff. And he's good at those tracks like Darlington places where everything falls off and you got to like, just you got to wheel man it back home and he wins a lot of those races. It seems like, Oh yeah, absolutely. So with that, we're going to lead into the cup race. So who do you got winning cup this week?
1: Oh, man, that's tough. <laughs> that's really tough. Um, I really don't even know. Um, I looked earlier of the spring race at Vegas or whatever it was early in the year. And I saw Larson was like, he said, I think he, He may have had the pole or was fastest in practice, and then he was maybe second qualifying and second in the race. I'd like to say Kyle would be a very good contender, but Mm -hmm. I don't know how he would handle the adversity of just getting booted out of the playoffs, running for a second championship. So I don't know mentally where he's going to be with that. Um, I think I'm going to go probably Denny Hamlin just because I think he's kind of one of those guys Man. floating around right now. And I think he is very, very hungry to get a championship.
0: You took my pick. What the hell? <laughs> Toyota has been fast to mile and a half tracks all year. Um, Denny Hamlin has been good at a lot of those tracks the entire season, him and Kyle Busch has been pretty good. To- Tyler Reddick's been fast just everywhere. And that's kind of who that's who, that was my second pick. If you had picked Denny, I was going to go with Tyler Reddick. I'm going with the eight car this week. I think he's going to be fast. He's got absolutely nothing to lose as far as you know, car, whatever. Go he can wreck the car for all anybody cares. He's going to 2311 next year. So they bought him out of that, uh, that year that he had left in his contract. He, uh, he's going to 2311 as far as I
1: know. Oh, they didn't announce that. Yeah, that was on
0: – I saw a clip for it on – um, I forget what it is. It's a YouTube channel I watch all the time, and I can't think of the name right now. But I saw a clip for it on there, and I was like, wow, okay, well, that that's cool. It just said bought out. And I was like, oh, man, they bought him out of his contract. So all I read was a headline.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess I hadn't heard that yet, but good for Tyler. But he has made that very obvious since he got, fell out of the playoffs. Like, he's here to win, man. He is there every week. He was up front until the madness happened at the Roval. was up front almost.
0: He's fast every single weekend. Now, for the Cup Series, I wanted to do this. Who do you got as, like, a dark horse? Somebody that's just going to come out of nowhere and pick this one up. For the championship? No, for the win at Vegas.
1: Oh, man. That's another tough one. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go chase Briscoe. Ooh, okay, I like that. He's been fast in spurts he, he this has, season. So I man. think I think they're kind of peaking at the right time. And Chase is hungry, man. That's a fact. They also just his teammate just got penalized for
0: like life. It seemed like that was a lot of points. He got fine. He got a hundred points <laughs> and a hundred thousand was- dollars.
1: That was a big one. But But, Chase Briscoe, he's going to be my dark horse going into Vegas.
0: Nice. I'm going to go with Harvick. I just, I think he's got another win left in him this season. This is one of those tracks where he can, he's a bottom feeder. He can just dig on that bottom line the whole, whole race. And I think he's going to be fast.
1: Yeah. That's also a really good pick. And he's a past champion. So he knows how to get it done. Oh, for sure. So, man, I don't know if you had anything
0: else. That's all I had for the most part.
1: No, I don't have anything else. I mean, it's pretty obvious. We could sit here and we could talk for like four hours, but we don't want to bore anybody too bad.
0: (laughs) We've already bored you all to tears. So we just want to, we're going to hop off here while we're on a high horse and that's it. So Tanner, what is
1: your Instagram, your personal Instagram handle? Uh, Underscore Tanner Allen underscore. You can, type my name in, or you can type in race car driver. Cause I have that in my name as well. So you can find me, uh, you just type my name in and you'll be able to find me right away. So.
0: Sweet. And if you guys want to see some really cool looking midget cars, you guys need to go follow his page because I, he's got one of the better paint schemes that I have seen. So go follow Tanner. Um, I am captain the cars on Instagram, but I'll ask you guys, if you don't mind share the show, if you got you know, some value out of it, If you liked it, didn't like it, let us know. (laughs) Um, So share the show and then follow us at First Gear Podcast on Instagram. And you'll see us on all the other handles for everything. So this is episode one of many. So we'll catch you all next week.